the greatest tweet I've ever seen in my life. Hold on, no, I have to Was find it. Was it my tweet? Okay, there's two. One is Serena Williams' unborn baby has already won an Australian Open, yet you can't even make it to 8 a.m. class. True. And Serena Williams is 20 weeks pregnant. I hope I'm the baby. I also saw that true. one. I saw that one. <laughs> That's a good one. Do you retweet the first one? I think I, I, think I saw yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I retweeted both of them. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Play Like a Girl. It is Wednesday, April 19th. We're in week four of the quarter. I'm slowly dying, but still made it here to talk sports. I'll start with the upcoming schedule for UW Athletics. I won't bore you with all the details, but the biggest thing happening, well, the biggest things happening this weekend, football's spring preview on Saturday at noon. Beach Volleyball is playing for the first time on their new sand? <laughs> yeah, sand courts. Yeah, sand court. <laughs> it's called sand volleyball, depending on where in mm. the country you play. Really? Oh, because you yeah. wouldn't be playing you know. on a beach. Yeah, like Arizona's team is called the Arizona Sand Volleyball. That makes more sense, yeah. actually. Because you're not on like a physical yeah, beach. Hmm. Yeah. The more you know. Yep, the more you know. That's about it. Track and field has their big dual meet against WSU, so that'll be a good rivalry action. For any other sporting events, you can check out recaps and previews online at dailyujub.com sports. We do have a coaching announcement, one of the many throughout the weeks. The women's basketball team has hired a new coach, Jody Wynn, as it was official Tuesday? It was Wait, official Monday. Friday, but then they had like the um, press, press conference, conference introducing her on Monday. Monday, yeah, that's it. She comes from Long Beach State, and she brought the team to their first NCAA tournament appearance since the year I was born, 1992. Oh, dang. You're yeah. old. You're I old. Know. I know. <laughs> By the way, the more you know was from a public service announcement thing for NBC. Oh, she was right. Let that sink in, everybody. But now on to the hot topics. We'll start with Haley's In My Defense column about the, I'm so excited to say this, Quinnipiac Is that how you University. pronounce it? Quin- I thought it was Quinnipiac. Oh, it's shit. You said that so confidently. <laughs> it's Quinnipiac, because isn't there a place in Canada called Quinnipiac, too? Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Oh, oh, damn. It's Quinnipiac, I think. Can you leave that in so everyone knows no. what Alexis is? Because I will not have to start. Frickin' Winnipeg. Our goal of this podcast is to make Alexis look dumb. I really thought. Quinnipiac. <laughs> oh my gosh, I really thought it was the same thing. Quinn, okay. Yep, Haley, take it away. Okay. <laughs> About two years ago, the um, coach of the Quinnipiac women's hockey team got fired because he grabbed a player and shouted um, some inappropriate uh, Expletive. expletives in her face um, in front of not only the team, but also some of their parents and I believe the opposing team at a game. And he was reported by his assistant coach and ended up being fired after an investigation. But Last week, just last week, Quinnipiac's student television station reported that the athletes on the team had been alleging abuse in their um, player surveys for several years before he was fired. Since 2009, he was fired in 2015. And 
because this case is going, he uh, actually sued for wrongful termination and defamation. So this case is going to court this summer. And so they were able to access court documents that proved that he had been abusing his players for several years. And so basically, I just talked about the culture that allows coaches to abuse players and how there's a fine line between like being a tough coach and just going completely over that line to like emotional and physical abuse, which is what this coach was doing. First question, what were the explicitive, explicitives? Expletives? Expletives that he yelled at the player at the game. Do you know? He said, fuck you. Dang. Yeah, and he would um, often tell, so their best player, Quinnipiac's best female player ever, Kelly Babstock, he would often tell her she was stupid and that she wasn't good and she didn't deserve to be there. And a lot of people said that he felt threatened by his best players and Kelly is the best player um, in the team's history. She actually plays in the NWHL now for the Connecticut Whale. Oh, cool. How did this go, like, unchecked for so long? So, there's basically either two ways this could have happened. Either they just don't read this player surveys, or they were, like, purposefully ignoring that. And so, actually, the athletic director, who was the athletic director at the time, um, ended up leaving around the same time that um, Coach Rick Seeley did. But, like, he left of his own volition to go to a different school. But... A lot of times the coach would be like Jack McDonald, who is the athletic director, is like very close and he's like a father to me. And so if you guys say anything against me, then I will be able, he will tell me about it. And so basically manipulated um, the players into not reporting the abuse. That's crazy. Yeah, I was just reading through the Q30 article that you linked in your article has the, the actual survey responses from the players. And there's this one, I'll just read it out loud. So this is from 2010, so five years before he was terminated. And this is part of a longer thing, but I'll just read the relevant bit. So this player wrote, However, the emotional drain that was put on us is something that I found to not be normal. I enjoyed my experience because of my teammates, and they are what kept me motivated. The way coach goes about motivating us is completely irrational and unreasonable. There needs to be some way to create a more inviting and less intimidating atmosphere when going to the rink on a daily basis. These are just a couple of things that I noticed as a player on the team. And there's quite a few others that are similar, like one wrote, however, this comes at the expense of emotional distress and verbal neglect consideration should be given to provide a more balanced atmosphere. So, I mean, they had this information in 2010. Yeah. I know Kelly Babstock reported that he dragged her up some stairs and then forced her to go back to the locker room for the rest of the game once. Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine, like, Peterson doing something like that? No. Imagine any coach doing something like that. Yeah, like, the the coaches who I've met, like, here, I can... I know, the coaches here are so nice. Mm -hmm. So nice. One just wrote, a teen psychologist would be recommended. Do you think they didn't have, do you think it went ignored? I know a lot of schools have sports psychologists on call, but I don't know if they have them for specific teams. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, if, like, the lower tier, I guess, sports don't get the same. Like, can you imagine if this happened, like, for a football or basketball team? Don't you think it would go, like, checked earlier? No. 
I don't. I mean, I think I think the biggest example is Penn State. I was just gonna say Penn State. Didn't go checked earlier. Yeah, but he he wasn't abusing players. He was abusing like he had like a charity where he worked with young boys and he was abusing them. That's true. But he did get reported to the administration, and the administration was like, whatever. Yeah, I guess that is slightly different. I did write an article about that a couple weeks ago too. Yeah, you did. Two months ago, it was last quarter. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and didn't you also write about because sexual the abuse? Yeah. yeah, sexual abuse happens a lot in like sports, like gymnastics. There's a Michigan State is having a big issue with it right now. With their team doctor was abusing athletes, and he had also um, been to three Olympics, and he abused um, Olympic athletes there too. So that one's a big deal. It happens a lot in gymnastics, and a lot in youth soccer in England. But, yeah, so we hear a lot about sexual abuse in sports, but not necessarily about emotional abuse from coaches. I think that's because people, like, the fine line you were talking about is, like, people think, like, oh, maybe this is... Just a tough coach. Yeah, a tough coach, and I need to be pushed harder. That type of behavior is tolerated so much more in sports than it would be in, like, academics Mm -hmm. or a normal work environment, whereas, like, like, that type of coaching style and that aggression and that, like, pushing players to their best just that style is more tolerated like mm-hmm. you're allowed to yell at them more because you you're, you're like, supposed to yeah you're, it's just part mm-hmm. of the culture a lot more mm-hmm. yeah i know because like herb brooks who is like a very famous um hockey coach he like led the u.s to one of their only gold men's team to one of their only olympic golds and he was like a really tough coach he was really hard he like pushed his players to their limits maybe past their limits but they were like he he led them to a gold medal and they were like he's he's a good coach but yeah. they were all terrified of him like especially if you get results then i feel like the behavior is a lot more justified too mm-hmm. couldn't be didn't necessarily i'm still so embarrassed <laughs> i learned how to spell it i didn't know how to spell it until i wrote this article <laughs> they won um their men's team is really really good but their women's team hasn't had as many results but they're like they're decent like they're not near the bottom of the standings at all they're usually around fourth or fifth and i wonder also if there is like a gender influence because obviously sports is thought of as more traditionally like for men which is like a lie but also a thing that is thought often so i wonder because that's kind of the arena it started out in that coaches never like tried to develop a more like i guess I don't know, like either fatherly connection or something like that, something a little less. What am I trying to say? I'm trying but to word should, this. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I feel like they can't figure have, it out. <laughs> they wouldn't have. I don't know if they would have done it anything differently if it was men, because oftentimes, like, their abuse gets ignored to even a higher. Oh right. No, I mean, like, I mean, yeah. like, do you think because sports started out so male dominated that this is why, like, coaching developed in this way, where it's like you need to be harsh and like. Oh, whereas, yeah, like, probably. masculinity is tied with, yeah. like... Yeah, and, like, the guys will never Tied with, like, anything. not being emotional and not, yeah. like, expressing... Yeah. Um, like, if you're feeling hurt or if you're upset. Or yeah. Like being more vulnerable. Yeah. Um, Definitely. And so, I, yeah, and so I wonder... I mean, even thinking, like, obviously I'm not a college or professional athlete, but even thinking through, like, middle school sports and, like, high school sports, my coaches were always yelling at me. It's just, like, part of the environment. Yeah. And, like... You just think this is how it's supposed to be. Like, they yell at you, you try and play better, and then you go on. It's just so ingrained in sports culture. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but there's right. that line. There is, like, yeah, no, there is a difference between you. just, like, yelling. No, I know, but I'm saying that because that baseline is already so accepted right. across the sport mm. that when you, like, get to that line where, like, it verges, yeah, it gets yeah. into the more inappropriate realm, that people are less, he- like, are more hesitant, too. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. I'm saying, like, the baseline is higher. Mm. Yeah, definitely, I would agree. We bounced around a few ideas, but ultimately we came to a consensus that we need to talk about sports pundits and reactions towards both like tragedies and exciting things and just anything regarding athletes' personal lives. Of course, this comes after the heartbreaking news of the passing of Isaiah Thomas's sister. For anyone who lives under a rock, Isaiah Thomas is from Tacoma, played at UW. He now plays for the Boston Celtics. And his sister died in a car crash on I-5 near Federal Way. The day the of. The day of early, early game one in the playoffs. Super sad story. Actually, I found out that Avery Bradley, also from Tacoma, also went to Bellarmine. Shout out. Had to tell him the news because they're like BFFFFFF. So he had to like break <laughs> the news to Isaiah. And I'm, oh, wow, that's, that's a cry. That's so sad. sad. That's really- but the reason... We're bringing this up is because Charles Barkley, the ever-opinionated Charles Barkley, had something to say on the pregame show after it was shown on TV, Isaiah sitting on the sidelines with his head down crying. Charles Barkley said that it made him feel uncomfortable, and that's kind of where we're going to branch off. And initially, I was going to drag Charles Barkley, but then I read this other Yahoo Sports article where he like kind of explains why he said that and he said i'm uncomfortable talking about his pain and then going to basketball yeah i i felt the same way i was yeah like, I was so i was ready. like okay that makes a lot more sense but Once also say that comments. the first time maybe yeah <laughs> and i i kind of came to that consensus reading an sb nation article that came out a couple of days ago that kind of like was interpreting what mm-hmm. charles barkley meant before like he actually came out to say that and it was like this is bigger than base or basketball. Baseball. Right. So like, right. how can we go from like talking about this to then like talking about him playing? But also people were weighing in like, should he play? Should he not play? I think it's his decision. Yeah. A hundred percent. And he's an elite athlete. Like he's of course like nothing this tragic has happened, but like mm-hmm. athletes go through things all the time that they have to compartmentalize. But it is definitely interesting when you're thinking about these athletes who are public figures, like how much access do you have to their lives? How much commentary do you get to have? Because on one hand, they're like putting so much of themselves out there for the public to comment on, but then something like this happens and you're like, people don't really know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. So the goalie for the Ottawa Senators, Craig Anderson, his wife was diagnosed with cancer earlier this year and he took like two weeks off from this season and they kept losing. And so he came back and he like got a shutout in his first game back, which was nice. really cool. But like, Isaiah Thomas is in the playoffs, so, like, would he even be allowed to do that, like, take two weeks off? Like, See, would his I don't, team let him? I, I th- they, they were pretty open about, like, we'll let Isaiah do whatever Isaiah wants to do. Like, the thing okay. that I've realized about, like, following Boston, like, after he got there is Boston's, like, just such a crazy sports town that, like, they're mm-hmm. so supportive. So I think if he did... Yeah, Boston is a very um, supportive city of like it, players. Like, they, they would yeah. totally understand the coach. He does mention... I have been overwhelmed by the love and support that I have received and couldn't be more thankful to my friends, family, fans, and the city of Boston Celtics organization and NBA community. 
So it sounds like, at least in the statement, he feels supported by that community, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. But also, what else are you going to say in an official True. statement? Yeah. I just, yeah, I, it is. This is like a weird, it's just a weird intersection where like actual hardship in life intersects with this glorified thing that we mm-hmm. kind of remove like the people who play sports I feel like are hard to think of as regular people because their their schedule and like everything about them is so different different mm-hmm. than the way we function our lives yeah. and it's the playoffs like yeah not that this wouldn't be a big deal any other time yeah but. and I think that's what like Charles Barkley meant to say with his comments like you have these people in this game that seems so much larger than life, but then when something real happens that people can actually identify with and you're shown this like public grief, you don't know how you don't know how to handle it and they're kind of brought down to this level. Mm-hmm. I think it also says something about like, do we handle grief or I guess because everyone handles grief differently, so that's not the right that's not the right question. Are we like respecting them? Yeah, do we respect the grieving process or is that something that and especially American culture, which is very like just like push ahead, like work through the pain, like go as hard as you can. Those kinds of ideas, is that something that maybe we need to be more cognizant of? But maybe this also relates back to what we were saying during In My Defense, Haley's column was, especially regarding sports, like it's like so male dominated and so mm. on this like no emotion, you're so hardcore. Right. So like, yeah, and so maybe that's why, you know, he was crying before the game. Especially when, like, a male athlete is such, like, a masculine symbol to everyone. When you see a prominent athlete cry for, like, such a such a heartbreaking reason that's not... You know, obviously you see them cry of happiness a lot when they win championships or something like that. But it's it's rare that you see them cry because of something so so unthinkable has happened to them in their life. So I don't, that is an, an interesting thought. I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to look more into that. That is interesting, but too like, there's other things going on now. Serena Williams is pregnant. Possibly. The world is going to be. It's confirmed. Oh, I thought she, 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 no, she released a statement. Oh, okay. Spokesperson. And I haven't surprisingly like Haley was saying that this is so new, so like maybe not yet. But I haven't seen any criticism. People, but people have criticized her so much. Her and Beyonce. What would you say? But, see, that's I don't know. Why would you hate on her in the first place? People still do. Sure. You know what I mean? But, like, people were mad at Beyonce when she came out and did her performance. Was that because she was performing while pregnant? No, Uh, people people were, like, she was, like, so, like, she made herself seem like a goddess because she she was pregnant. She is, yeah. Wasn't that a performance concept? Yeah, it was a performance concept. So it's just, like, an irrelevant criticism. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, like... She is, like, obviously a very prominent athlete. And, like, how much should her family life or her personal life really be talked about? It's an interesting line to cross because, obviously, you are in the public. I think, like, public. when thinking about, like, Serena, it is a really cool story to think that she won the Australian Open, like, while she was pregnant in the first trimester when you are, like, experiencing morning sickness and there's other bodily things happening that she was able to play through that and win is kind of crazy so like I could see where like the storyline comes into play but also like let her be it's interesting that she chose to announce it in this way because she 
I feel like has always kind of kept her personal life out of out of the public arena for whatever her reason is. Like she had been dating the Reddit co-founder for a pretty long time before they publicly announced they were. Do you want to say his first name? Engaged. I don't remember his name. Alexis. Oh. I just so remember he's, hearing I just now. remember he's the co-founder of Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Alexis. Uh, I did oh. not know that. Yeah, that's remember the video of her challenging the tennis players in Dolores Park? That's cuz he lives in San Francisco, and so she has, like, a place there. That's cute. So cool. Okay, now also, we're really good. Um, like... Yeah, backtrack. She did announce it on Snapchat, so is that just showing, like, the times? Like, everyone's life is, like, always open because of these apps and social media. Yeah, and, I mean, Beyonce announced hers on Instagram. Oh, yeah. That was glorious. Which was also a social media that. thing. I remember reading some... This was, like, a weird article. It was, like, the... Because I guess the way people used to announce marriages or pregnancies... Was, newspapers. Yeah, it was through, like, magazines or newspapers, and now that's, like, not happening anymore. Because newspapers don't exist. <laughs> like, subscribe to your local but paper. But I do think it's Crying. kind of cool because it allows the person a little bit more ownership over the way it's, like, at least the way they choose to present it. Although then it does get, like, picked up by, obviously, a bunch of other organizations mm-hmm. that can report on it. How mm-hmm. they look. But... Yeah, I'm, it is, I mean, where is the line drawn between, like, personal life and the professional, covering their yeah. professional career? Yeah, because before, before we started recording, we were talking about, well, they have airtime they have to fill. They do have a job to do, but, like, at what at what price? Yeah, live TV is, like, a weird mm-hmm. thing where if you're on air for six hours and there's only the sport happening for part of it, you have to somehow fill the other time. So I feel like on our slip-ups what Charles Barkley's comments getting kind of taken out of context, they're more understandable because of just, like, the nature of live TV and sports. But And then also for female athletes, when you're pregnant, you obviously, there's a point where you cannot play your sport anymore. Mm-hmm. So, like, it gets in the way. Not that it gets in the way, but it's something that is, like, put, would prevent you from playing your sport for at least some amount of time. And I know there are female athletes who come back after having children and who have done really well, but, like, it is something that, like, would take you out of the competition for a while, so that might be some... Why would they would talk about that? More. True, true. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, with male athletes, like, if your wife's having a kid, you're not the one who's pregnant. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. That doesn't impact your game, necessarily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good point. I mean, players will, like not playing games they'll like leave to you know go see their baby being born but it's not like pregnancy is like affecting how they play that's true no fine you're forgiven charles barkley <laughs> and anyone time. who criticizes <laughs> i guess yeah this time yeah but there are actually a that's lot of charles barkley said some other stuff it's like he, he says, says questionable lot, things yeah a lot all the time. Oh, he's a weird dude. I'm saying in this, like, uh, particular uh, situation, I'm like, okay, Charles, it's okay. Charles, if you uh, ever want to come on the show. Don't <laughs> at me. <laughs> Please don't at us. Thank you for listening to Play Like a Girl. If you would like to join the conversation, you can use the hashtag UWPLAG. That's all caps except for the A. You can also stay updated with all the UW sports with the Daily Sports Twitter, which is at UW Daily Sports. And you can follow all of us on Twitter. Our handles will be in the bio below. 
Play Like a Girl is hosted by Alexis Mancineras and produced by Alex Bruel. Wait, did you guys see that tweet of um, the 28-3 thing at, towards the end of the Boston Marathon to motivate runners? Oh, yeah. The score, and then someone, like the ESPN. Wait, I don't get it. Hold on, hold on, hold oh, on. I need to find this tweet. it was like tweet. the score of the Patriots the, that Remember how they were down? And how they were down 28-3. Like oh, he was like, motivation because they the were Patriots down are like from Boston. Far. Are you? Dude, what? New England. New England. I know, but, they but are I forget. Boston. Okay, but then this guy. Like from that state. This guy on Twitter, so he tweeted it, Wait, right? Wait, New England's a state, right? No, it's, it's no, a No, New England is like a region. It's Where, like in what Massachusetts, state? Connecticut. Oh, yeah. Connecticut. Sorry. <laughs> Cut that. You're Cut. a poly major? Cut that. <laughs> Dude, she had to reread the Constitution earlier.